All right, we're all on. All right, so we're on the interwebs? Yeah, we're on the internet. I've heard of the internet. <laughs> it's getting popular. Yeah, we've heard about it. I think it's going to be big. Hi. Uh, you guys remember when Facebook came out? Um, no. People before I was in college. Play a game. <laughs> well, first we'll introduce ourselves. My name is Alex Ides. Welcome to the Weekly Sit-Down. Glad to be joining my friend Joe here. He's been doing a triple decker for the day. You're going, what, five hours in right now? Uh, I started three. I don't know what time it is. You have a problem, my friend. It's a good problem, though. I, and, uh, yeah. Happy to introduce my boy Danny on tonight. Danny, good evening. Good evening. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Are you on the floor right now? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I should get on the floor. Make this like cozy. My, my bed, my bed's on the floor. Chairs are overrated. Yeah, man. Yeah. Get, get low, Philip Killer. <laughs> All right. So welcome, guys. We got another episode. You got Joe Rizzo. You got Alex, the Hitman Ides, and you got Danny. Whoa! Warwick. My cat just spazzed. Did you hear that? <laughs> no, I didn't hear you. <laughs> He's your hype man. <laughs> she just went. What? <laughs> Alex Ides. This is my we're live, son. Can't believe it. The Hitman, yeah. So what were you saying? Uh, no, I just did a little intro. We're, we're doing another episode, three straight today. And we got Danny Warwick now. Alex was good enough of a person and a human to hook us up and uh, get us going here. Alex, take the reins. Uh, I don't know. Just another edition of Alex brings one of his cool friends onto the weekly sit down. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, the the last one we that you did with uh, Drew White, bro. Did I? Did you ever re-listen to it? Yeah, I listened to it on the way home, bro. I was fucking dying. It's so funny. He's hilarious, and he, yo, yeah. and he and randomly he'll be telling a funny story, but then he'll just get real like real on you, like he'll get real serious, and then he gets all like like serious. Like articulate man, like <laughs> yeah, it was good. I liked it. He he's a he's natural. A, he, he is a uh, he is a master of minutia. I tell him to his face. <laughs> he can just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Yeah, uh, awesome. But uh, but uh, Danny's a cool friend of mine. Danny, we've known each other for like two years, two and a half years. About same like as uh, me and Drew as well. Drew is a yeah. very cool cat, and uh, you are the master networker. A lot easier when you know a lot of cool people with different talents so totally yeah so danny is uh how do i how do i put danny in a box that's not fair but let's do it anyway so danny if i was just to describe him off the bat danny you're like a 500 hour yoga teacher right certified you are into like breath work and stuff like that you're a licensed massage therapist and i think overall you're just more of like a, a self-help uh self-mastery path kind of dude and i guess that's one reason why we vibe yeah. um he enjoys walking on the beach. He enjoys his girlfriend. <laughs> He's a Leo. That's why he looks like a kitty cat. And um, he lives on Strong Island with the rest of us. That was yeah, a good man. synopsis right there. That was it. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on, bro. <laughs> we just dip out. <laughs> I got to do the the stuff Jamie would be doing. I got to take Instagram pictures and put it on my story. <laughs> I'm gonna walk on the beach, so I'll see you guys later. Yeah, yeah right. go get it. Right, so yeah, I think we should. We want to go for the timeline route again, Joe. I, I mean, that's always the best place to start, in my opinion. 
then uh, please, uh, by all means, you are the man with the microphone. And uh, I know Dan like the back of my head, so I'd rather not, you know. But you guys get to know each other. You're two of my friends, right? This is the, this is the network magic right here. Meet well, Joe Rizzo. You say the back of your head. You don't even know what the back of your head looks like. <laughs> back? Did I say head? I meant hair. <laughs> back uh, back of your I'm head, you don't know at all. I'm probably just like thinking about head because I haven't gotten any in a little bit. Yeah, little drought. <laughs> All right, Danny. So what's good, man? Um, tell me, I, we like to do a timeline, like he just said. I like to hear about your story, where you came from, how'd you get to where you're at now, and then where you're going. And then in between, we'll have a little talk. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, born and raised on Strong Island here. Um, grew up in Kings Park, had a pretty normal childhood. And... Um, Mom suffered from some health issues, and I began looking at the world in a different way when I was, I'd say, 18. Um, some psychedelic adventures helped catalyze that uh, different view of the world. And uh, a lot of things just didn't make sense to me, especially our healthcare system. So uh, I started getting into conspiracy theories and the healthcare system as a whole. I'm like, this doesn't fucking make sense. I need to diagnose myself and find the right doctor and the right prescription and uh it really just didn't make much sense to me at all so along with the conspiracy theories uh, i started to get into holistic health which uh led me from i got a business degree that i kind of just floated through i uh, wasn't passionate about it at all and tried some sales jobs after that but was never fulfilled so i left a decently high paying job with cablevision and uh set out to become a massage therapist i actually started with acupuncture uh, which I love and would have continued, but it was a five-year program, was already in school, uh, student debt, so decided to go the massage therapist route. And I still learned a lot of traditional Chinese medicine, got to meet some really, really cool people and get my hands on people and start uh, affecting people's lives in a positive way. And um, my where I'm going would be, so I love teaching yoga. I found that I just signed up for yoga teacher training. And like when I was <coughs> like, how did I even get here? Uh, I really just went to the training so I could teach myself classes so I wouldn't have to go to classes. And I just wanted to deepen my practice so I could practice at home. And halfway through it, I was like, I could fucking do this. <laughs> like I could actually really teach yoga and it's changed my life. So I'd love to do that for others. Uh, so I added that into the repertoire. And it's really cool because I feel like uh, what me and Alex have been talking about a lot lately is that like we just live our lives and things happen. It's like play, you know, work. This idea of work is leaving my brain and it's just like I can play and I can be myself and make money and be fucking super happy mm -hmm. at the same time. So yeah. I'm really trying to cultivate this experience and, and yoga is a beautiful outlet for that where it's like. Anytime I bring in this breath work or this kind of it's not your standard um, sun salutations in your standard class. I do some Tai Chi and some Qi Gong. And the more that I uh, bring those aspects in and, and be my authentic self, the more people love the class. Um, so I've really been embracing this, just being my authentic self, realizing that I came into this life with everything I needed to and that I belong here. I have a purpose here. And the best way to ride on that track is just be myself and, and have fun with it, you know, did, not take life too seriously. Did you not feel like you had a purpose before? Yeah, I definitely, um, you know, I omitted some of the rough parts of my childhood. I was very blessed with a, a great family, uh, but definitely suffered from a lot of depression. 
and uh, a lot of anxiety and, and some other health issues that uh, really yoga and exercise and, and good eating have really helped me transmute that. You know, I don't even want to say that uh, I put it into remission or anything. I really feel like I've transmuted it. And anytime that I have uh, feelings of depression or things come up, there are opportunities to learn about myself and, and to help others. So where I really want to go beyond the, the yoga is to coach people and to almost be a therapist without going to school for psychology. Life coach. And, yes, exactly. Awesome, man. <clears throat> uh, just to go back on the timeline. So you said when you were 18, you had some experiences. I think we kind of get into those because that's kind of like what I like talking about. <laughs> so, uh, if you couldn't tell from the video, uh, I'm a pretty skinny dude. And I think I was 15 years old and I ate an eighth of mushrooms. Ooh. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> 15, one five. Uh, yeah, yeah oh. I was probably about 90 pounds and eight and eighth. And, uh, you know, I, I was pretty far gone and I was just laying on my buddy's couch and I ended up finally falling asleep. And the thought that I fell asleep to was if God is omnipotent, then God is totally alone because he's the only being on his level. And I was like, fuck, he must be like really lonely, you know, like almost like Superman before he meets Wonder Woman. Like he's got no chick that he can fuck because, you know, he's just He'd too kill powerful. him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's fucking beast. So I, I like had this thought and it bugged me out, man, because like God and religion really like I would ask these questions when I was like five or six and my parents had no idea. They were confused by it. You know, I mean, society has no uh, real grasp, you know, and I think religion goes away from the point not that there's uh, a lot of truth in every religion but um you know i didn't have any answers and the concept really scared me and and you know i felt like god was something to fear so like, damn god is lonely and then i'm like wait maybe god made all of us as little segments of himself so he wouldn't be lonely and he can experience and that just like shattered my fucking world i was just like what the fuck am i thinking about and i didn't like that at the time at the time i like was like yo i don't know if i'm gonna take shrooms ever again you know that was, that's, that's fucking nuts like uh, i don't like thinking like this and then a few years later as i got into my spiritual onto my spiritual path i was like that was fucking cool like that was like a glimpse into how i really feel that we're all god and we're all equal yeah. parts of god and different expressions of god and god is loving and uh, I think if you're going to live a successful, happy life, you have to have a benevolent view of God or a higher mm -hmm. the word God, you know, turns you off. Yeah. Do you still feel that you say you said you thought God felt lonely? Did, would God even have feelings? No, mm. I don't think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know common thing that we would like to do is humanize everything. So I'm yeah. reading about dog psychology right now and you can't assume that your dogs think like you do you mm -hmm. don't so then going up to a higher conscious being yeah, i'm sure god doesn't have similar feelings that we have you know mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. a guy with a huge white beard up in the sky probably not no definitely not he's not even a guy he's everything exactly. i feel like it, it god is everything there's nothing that isn't you know i mean if uh if everything's made of atoms then we're the sun, we're, we're the walls, aren't we everything, if we're all on the most basic level? Absolutely. 
And I love that science uses the term God particle. Like science can't get even get away from it. No, so no. Sub, sub, subatomic particle. It's like it's all the same. Whatever makes a rhino's horn makes our liver. And who is telling that atom to form into, you know, there's a divine intelligence. Yeah. And, and I would use that. Some- <laughs> another another thing that another thing that got, Alex is currently Googling. What is God? Does God have feelings? <laughs> <laughs> So seven things that God does not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I found uh, Isaiah forty-five seven. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and I create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. But yeah, I know. I think where we really get lost is the whole like uh, bearded Greek-looking man in the sky. Yeah, I mean that's mostly just. I'm right here, guys. Like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? <laughs> yeah. Hey. That's the hey. that's religion. That's where that's where it comes from. I mean, that's yeah, no, yeah. but uh, I like I guess what you were saying is there's definitely wise stuff in all of it. Um, when you look around, it's kind of all just the same thing. You know, so, I think the one of the most uh, big realizations I've had, and it's been coming more and more into effect in my life now, is like it doesn't really fucking matter like what anyone believes or thinks or like anything. It really just matters like what you believe and what you think and what you feel and. I think uh, a big part of life I'm finding now is like stepping into like what you truly are. And with that, like what responsibilities may come with that and uh, who you have to become for that to be real. And the more you make things real um, in this, like, I don't know if it's like a higher calling or a purpose or just like a reason to be doing something, the more it gets real. And then you got to fucking get real or, you know, you're just going to be jerking yourself like the ultimate jerk. So <laughs> don't play <Yeah>. yourself. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think that's a great point because what's really in our control? Just how we think and what we do. You know, oh, the only thing that's in our control is us. So mm-hmm. if we're getting outside of ourselves and worrying about the political landscape or agriculture, all these things, which you know, as a collective, we should definitely come together and talk about things, but. So going back to my timeline with the conspiracy theories, I went into like a crazy hole because I'm like, the world is so fucked up. Watch and I got to wake right now. everybody up. I got to go tell everybody that 9-11 was the government and that, you know, like <laughs> every other conspiracy uh, is not a conspiracy. It's a it's a true theory. And um, I, I began to realize that the only thing I can control is myself. And when I'm so focused on outside of myself, then I lose my power. Yeah, and that's that's something you'll only. I feel like getting that open mind state like that is that just how do you get there? Meditation, yoga. I think, I think if uh, you get to whatever state life delivers you to, you know. Yeah, it's if you um, want to get there. And it puts a lot of these things in front of people too for what they need. Like, I I start I was kind of on a really similar path as Danny in the beginning. Like I just was into like researching everything. And 9-11 was a big thing for me. That bugged me out when that went down. It really did make me start questioning a lot of things. And then you look into like, you know, so I think it was like the 3D tangible things first. And then, you you know, you get this realization of what can I actually do besides bug out over all this crazy shit happening. And then you start to look at what can I do for myself. And then with that, I think opens an entire door of like the veganism, the self-help, the like the million different things that people try on their way to like cleaning up their act and finding out more of what really works for them and, and getting to know themselves. Yeah, for sure. I think 9-11 was a big one for me too. 
well, like once I watched Loose Change, that uh, documentary on YouTube, mm-hmm. then I just started every every major thing that would happen on the news from there. I would write I would write it into YouTube and then write false flag and then just see what happens and see what comes up because now <laughs> it's I just question everything that ever goes on basically. Like yeah, right. I'm like Tide Pods, false yeah, flag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, literally everything, man. Everything like the shooting that just went down. I, I, I know. someone's telling me about it. Like first of all, I didn't even know about it till like a week later because I never watched the news. Yes, because you've been on a podcast for the last month and a half. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you took off that hat, man? When's the last time you took a shower? That's the custom. <laughs> custom that, that's the signature beanie, dude. Yeah, it is. That thing is fucking money. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, <laughs> this is mom talking to his dad. I'm worried he's been sleeping. He's been sleeping outside the kitchen for three nights now. <laughs> I live in the living room now. I mean, wherever you, I am. Did you get the TV mounted on the wall now? No, it's not on the wall. No, okay. It's we st- we it's still uh, on the chairs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I could show you if you serious. want. Uh, no, I don't even want to move this thing. But it's but yo, right next back backtrack. So yeah, that stuff is that stuff's bug out. Conspiracy shits bug out. Um, I don't like the word conspiracy theories because when you say conspiracy, they, they, it's like all right, it's automatically fake in most people's eyes. So it's isn't it just a theory? Isn't that almost like a double negative? Like. It is. A, it's just. A, yeah, I know. And then, like, when does something not become a theory? So you put it in that box, and all of a sudden, it's just written off as bullshit. Which a lot of stuff is bullshit. Like you have to be discerning. Well, that's like you, the internet saved our generation. It learned mm-hmm. because our educational systems have been like, all right, learn, regurgitate, and there is no critical thinking. We just take things for what they're given to us as. Mm-hmm. To be able to discern is, uh, you know, we use the resources which the internet is just like a beautiful conglomeration of information. And, you know, if you think about it, what was the motivation of 9-11 or what could the motivations of uh, shootings be? But back to Joe's comment about how do we come into a place of, uh, what well, I don't remember how you worded it, but you had said meditation and yoga, I guess, yeah. to um, be in an open-minded state of mind. Um I would think that probably even above those were yoga and meditation, they help you be in the present moment and really just not bring in any of these learned behaviors or thoughts and be able to discern what's going on and and be aware of what's going on. And instead of running these programs, because we learn these programs and our subconscious mind is programmed like a fucking computer. So Mm -hmm. like this, when I just go off about my day, and I cannot be there for my day at all. And I have to reel my brain back in and be like, all right, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? How can I best accomplish what I'm doing here? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where like worrying about other people that takes you out of that presence. You're like, ah, you know, if everybody was fucking vegan, then the world wouldn't be this way. And, and we come up with all these shoulds and shouldn'ts. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I love that you brought up um, I, you know, I'm terrible with the Bible, so I don't know which one you just quoted. Isaiah but, something. I, yeah, Isaiah was... 45-7. 45-7. You know, he, God created... 45-7. So we, we need to give up, like, our shoulds and shouldn'ts for us to live and accept life, you know? There's mm-hmm. a divine intelligence that knows more than us, so we can think that we know exactly how the world should or shouldn't be. Uh, but we have to give up that power and just mm-hmm. focus on 
how we want to be. Yeah, it was how- something I used to get. Yeah, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. Not at all. Uh, there was that was like something I used to get depressed about because I would think like uh, money. It's like everyone just does so many horrible things for money. If the world, if there was no money, everyone would be happy. Blah blah blah. But you just have to accept where we're at and uh, go from there. Live in whatever you're given. Absolutely. And how hard was it for you to obtain money with that state of mind? Yeah, very hard. <laughs> yeah. I- yeah. yeah, nearly impossible because it's like, oh, I don't want to be around it or near it. So how am I going to mm-hmm. get it then? Yeah. And then I would shut off to anybody that was fine. I would judge people that were financially stable. Yeah. Fucking sellouts, you know, <laughs> yeah. super judgmental about it. And now, you know, I want to be financially stable. I want to be financially abundant. I am financially stable. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I can use that money to help other people and just really show myself to more people. Going back to what I was saying before, life is just play. If you're if you're playing and you're saying like I know I'm meant to be here, that inspires other people that they're meant to be here too. And mm-hmm. I want to spread that message because I used to not feel like I was I meant to be um, meant to be here, mm-hmm. that I have a purpose here, and I still struggle with that sometimes. You know, and that's a very low place to be. Yeah, uh, it's it really sucks. <laughs> yeah, for sure, it sucks that, balls. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's you know? a, that's Alan Watts right there. Make work play. Find any way that you can. That's weird. That's what we wrote down the other day. I said I was talking about it with Danny, and I was talking about it with my boy Eddie. And we wrote down. I have it right here. Don't work. Play. Play hard. Play well. But uh, what yeah, we're, what we're doing right now, we're playing. Oh, this is totally playing. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing with myself. That's why I got the camera right above my chest here. Yeah, I don't want to see. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing no pants. You're gonna get me booted <laughs> off Twitch. Sitting here pantless. Yeah, yeah. Heading- Petting my cat. Literally. <laughs> Looks like she hates that too. <laughs> All right. So from here, are we on the timeline? I think we fell off. Oh, yeah. So you're 15. You popped an eighth of shrooms. <laughs> and then yeah. when was the next time you tried again? And we're like, all right, it's time to go back to the um, wall. You know, I get the two confused. I had a, a, a trip that wasn't too... Um, it wasn't as revolutionary, you know, or it, it didn't bring upon revelations in my mind. It was just like, whoa, I've never seen the trees fucking look so beautiful. And then uh, going home and watching my brother play like the secret of mana for on Super Nintendo or something <laughs> super random and watching like Kim Possible and going to friendlies to get fucking root beer floats and being like, I feel like my hand is wrapped around this root beer float twice over, like, you know, just kind of, um, those are fun, but those aren't the best, the best ones. Yeah, it was fun. And I felt extremely connected to my brother and to everybody else that I, I had interacted with at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't try acid until 19 or 20. Um, and then, you know, I had some some more spiritual trips in my early 20s and, and, and more recently as well. And uh, back to Alan Watts, I think he makes the analogy like psychedelics can be the boat that takes you across the river. So if you're journeying and you're on your spiritual journey and you need to cross a river, sure, use the boat. But once you're across the river, do you want to use a boat anymore? Do you want to yeah. drag a boat with you on land? Mm. Yeah, Alex and I were talking about that a couple podcasts ago, right? With Alan versus Terrence McKenna, like their their mentalities on psychedelics. Yeah. And it, what, what Alan says is once you get the message, hang up the phone. 
but Terrence says the opposite and says you're learning every single time. So and you can never stop learning. So why are you going to stop? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But isn't life that experience? Yeah, you're yeah. learning anyway. I, I don't want to be like, ah, you know, on, it's like waiting for the weekend to live your life. You know, it's like yeah. I'm only going to learn when I'm tripping on shrooms or, you know, taking psychedelics. It's uh, and I'm, I'm not super pro. I'm not going to shove them down somebody's throat and I'm not against them either. You know, I'm very open minded and non judgmental in that where it's like I really just want people to listen to their intuition and, and form a relationship with themselves and this higher intelligence that's mm-hmm. with them. I love that YouTube that Alex was uh, all about two months ago or so, the Paul Check and some other cool guy. Yeah. Uh, that that this- one was dope, yeah. Yeah. Was it Kassar? Yeah. No. It was uh, Paul Check. Yeah, you guys notice this little green orb guy I got here? Yeah. That's that's God right there. That's God. You he's guys ha- were asking me before? It's right there. Yeah, he's hanging out on your shoulder. <laughs> Here, I'll put him back inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> eat it. Here, come back out. Come back out, buddy. Eat it. Eat it. It'll go away with your mouth. <laughs> oh, it's still there. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> Whoa, it's weird. It only goes. What? Uh, That's amazing. <laughs> Blue pill or green pill? You just popped That's the green. That's right there, like doing, playing and doing stupid shit, like eating the, <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, it really is, man. It's, Yo, it's can I fun. screen share and audio share screen share? Is yeah, like it, it'll say audio and video. Right, let's do that. Hold up. Focus Where on. I go to window. The little plus sign, I think. Yeah, the little plus sign the, next to the camera symbol. Share screen. And it'll play the audio, too. It's supposed to say, it's supposed to tell you, it says, uh, share screen, and then it'll say, like, end audio. Oh, there you go. Sharing a window. Oh, nice. All right, cool. So, yeah, let's put that shit on. Oh, you're looking at Matthew, too. Oh, yeah, I was throwing a little Matthew in there. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or your drink, or your body, or what you will wear. Is life no more than food, or the body no more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, Joe. Do they oh. sow or nor reap or stow away in barns? And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Because any one of you, by worrying, in a, by worrying, add a single hour to your life. Mm. Mm. But yeah, let's pull up that. It's a, uh, it's a podcast with your boy. Uh, was it the Onnit podcast or yeah. was? I think it was the Onnit guy. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the one with. Uh, Aubrey Marcus. Yes, it is Aubrey Marcus from On It. Got you, because there's that one, and then there's an On It podcast. Aubrey okay. Marcus owns On guys... It. Can you guys hear this? Nah. No. Although... I mean, I can pretty much sum up what uh, point I was trying to. Oh, there you go. If you can choose to be with your partner every day, you're going to be happy. Very dangerous director. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is indeed. So let's. Let's, this is the first word that I wanted to define, and it, it includes things like heart and head. So when you think about the self, and when you think about a person, think about the self, how do you go about defining, explaining the self? Because obviously it contains many different components.
Yeah, do you mean SALT with a small s or a capital S or all caps? Well, that's what we have to dis that's what we have to define because when people hear the word SELF, yeah. I think they get confused. I'm going looking for myself. Right. Is the is the trope, right? Yeah. Well, if you go looking for yourself, all you're going to find is someone looking for themselves. Right? Well, you know? yes. I mean, I do understand the term, and that's really what we've been talking about. Is, yeah. You know, how do I know when I'm on the right path? How do I know when I'm living my dream? Like, I can look at you and look at your business and see how things run, and I can say, Aubrey has found himself. He's doing what he's meant to do, and you can always tell when someone's doing meant to do because there's not a division of their sense of purpose or their sense of uh, value or their sense of how they use their time. Everything's moving together. It's like uh, to use soldier terms, everyone's marching in step. So. I don't see Aubrey have one part of himself wish he was somewhere else and the other part wish he was here and the other part saying, oh, maybe I should do this. Everyone's in step metaphorically. So self with a small s means the same thing that ego does, which means border, barrier, or self-definition. In, in developmental terms, Rudolf Steiner and others have shown that it takes about 21 years in a healthy tribal society for a person to develop an ego, which means to fully differentiate who they are relative to their family, to their programmers, to their tribe. In other words, they know who they are when they say, okay, I'm a blacksmith's son and I am mastering blacksmithery, or I am a hunter, or I am a warrior, or I am uh, someone who works with... Uh, like a medicine man or harvesting animals. Uh, the self really though, as I'll show in a second, is quite an illusion. So yeah, I guess that kind of gets the gist of it. Man, but uh, I, I could listen to just that whole thing. But, <laughs> that, but then this would be the honored podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know what he's saying so much too. That really resonates with me. Can you get our faces back? Yeah, my bad. Is your face not on here? No, now it, it's still your screen. You have to, like, shut that off. Oh, can you see my face, though, the whole time? No, it was just your screen. And you were in the Got top. It. There you go. We're back. All right, cool. I was texting, actually, so that's, that makes sense. <laughs> there you go. Um, with what he said with, like, finding who you are, say, like, I am a blacksmith, I am a hunter, whatever. Like, that was something I struggled with. Like, why do I not know what I am? Like, what, what am I? gonna be like and then i realized not not that too long ago that i am the person that does all these different things that likes to do everything i don't think mm -hmm. I, it has to be i am a hunter like i'm someone who hunts you know stuff like that i, I don't know yeah i mean you are what you are right i am that i am that's what Y-H-W-H in the old... Why are we getting all biblical tonight? This is crazy. <laughs> like Y-H-W-H in the Bible, um, like I guess one of the Old Testament like Hebrew versions is supposed to translate to I am that I am. And uh, it's exactly what you are, right? There's um, nothing else you can be. <laughs> like we had the Matt Blackburn podcast and he talked about like the stained glass fractals and stuff and like the stained glass, the light comes through them and depending on how the light, the... The stained glass is designed. That's what the picture comes out through, and, and how the light shines through. So, oh. so that's interesting. That's yeah, I don't know. Funny. I think it's really important to find what you're good at. Like shows like American Idol are really cool because they show pe the world 
people that aren't good at something they think that they're good at, <laughs> which is important because it's like, yeah, I know that hurts your feelings, but like, fuck, dude, like, I'm not upset that I'm not a basketball player or I, like I, I don't hit fucking home runs or run a four-two mile like a uh, forty-yard dash. But do you do you That's feel fun. that if you wanted to be a basketball player, you could be? Because we can do anything we want. You could be good at anything if you want to be good at it. True. But I think we also are predisposed to being better at certain things. Um, I've always had an ability to have a good vocabulary and deliver words to people in ways that they can understand them. That's why I've been in sales for most of my life. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to figure out I was really fucking good at that and I should probably like just go all in on that. Um, I hated sales for a while because I was like, fuck that, it's manipulation and this and that. But it's like, nah, it's like something like what we said, like things should be this way. They're not. They're like people buy shit and people who make shit that sounds cool and I'm good at making shit sound cool, mm -hmm. you know? So like that's a part of what I do. So, but um, is, you know? is sales something I'm, I'm just, and this could be true. Is it something you feel like you can do the rest of your life for every single day and be happy? No, but I do see it as a met, uh, a means to get further into what I want to do, which is kind of just having fun talking about stuff. But yeah, you know, eventually once I've developed my, my own, I like to call it the matrix exit strategy, <laughs> go back and tell my story of, yo, I was able to make this amount of money in this amount of time. And I figured out what it was I did want. And I kept those visions high and, and got to them because years go by like days. Like that's the biggest thing you start to realize, like this shit's like a freaking flip book, man. So March. So it's not play for you yet. No, it's play. It's just realizing that the game is a fucking tough game, man. It's like a game, you know, it's not an easy game. Yeah, it's well, like it's uh, like Monopoly. Like uh, I'll play. Play it right, you know. <laughs> I don't really like Monopoly, but I guess I'll play. Could <laughs> <laughs> be. Well, yeah, <laughs> you suck at Monopoly. Monopoly analogy because I don't think it's as competitive. You know, I don't think that scarcity is real at all. I think it's a peddled idea that um, really prevents people. You know, that's why money might be negative in some people's eyes because it's like, well, if I get this money, then not everybody's going to have enough to feed themselves. Meanwhile, there's plenty for everybody. And it's the beliefs that either block or attract what's going on. And I think the shoulds and shouldn'ts, you know, I was like, you know, I grew up in this society that we all did. It's like, all right, I should chop wood, which I actually really like to do, but I should oh, be fucking super jacked. Chopping wood's great. It's fucking amazing, isn't it? It's it's so fun. It's so grounding, too. Yeah, I've chopped. <laughs> but no, should and shouldn't. And it's like you get these ideas from growing up in society. And if you're forcing these shoulds, like, you know, I should be an accountant because my dad's an accountant and he could hand me over his clientele. But that's not my passion at all. Yeah. And, and trusting. So the basketball player thing I like to think about because like I wish I watch basketball highlights all the time. I'm like I wish I could fucking dunk so bad. Like that would be I feel like that would feel so good to just dunk a fucking basketball. Mm -hmm. um, but I accept at the same time that I think I would be happiest. I would be pretty fucking happy being an NBA player, but I will be happiest being a coach. Yeah. And I'm not limiting myself to a coach because I think it's really interesting that you said, can you do sales for the rest of your life? It's like, why do we think at 18 we have to decide what we want to do for the rest of our lives? Once we go to college for this, you're fucking in there. You're done. You have to do that. You're locked in. 
Uh, one of the people that I look up to is my yoga mentor. He went to school for massage therapy, then for acupuncture. He barely does any of that anymore, and he's all into teaching yoga. And it's like, you know, my mind likes to come in and be like, he totally wasted his time. But no, these are experiences that he needed to have, just like I have a business degree that I barely ever use, and the knowledge that I gained from it was kind of a joke. It was, I felt like it was like 12th grade all over again or 13th grade. Mm-hmm. It was really easy. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy easy, but I'm not going to be a businessman just because I went to school for that. You know, I'm like, I'm 28. My life is still so much ahead of me. And even if I was 60 year, years old, I don't want to be afraid to change directions if I feel that pull. So coming back to ourselves and our self with a capital S, it's like, how do we get in touch with that and get onto the path that we're going to feel most fulfilled because our small S will be like, yeah, you're, you would only be fulfilled if you can dunk a basketball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But who are we going to trust? Are we going to trust the divine intelligence that created us? Are we going to trust the, uh, self with a capital S our little signature soul? Or are we going to trust that, that small S and anytime I trust a small S I end up like playing med video games and like, go for these small instant gratification things and then feel like shit afterwards. What is the self with all caps? I don't remember what all check said, but I'm assuming that that's the divine intelligence. So like we have the Atma, we have the Paramatma, which is like the divine intelligence. And, and we all share a piece of that, but then we all have a signature. The capital is what we think of as us is the entire universe conspiring to have this experience of being able to look at and relate to itself just like as if you were hugging yourself or kissing yourself or looking at yourself in the mirror and saying i love you which is a good idea the capital s means one now become oh we lost it oh um without you know any bias from the mirror and saying i love you which is a good idea the capital s means one now becomes aware that what you think you are could not be here, not only without all the things I just mentioned, but everybody else that's ever impacted your life. And that includes the people that do it that I call the invisible helpers that you don't know. Like somebody made our shoes. We never got a chance to give them a hug or know who they are. Somebody made our clothes, someone made our cars, someone made our computers, and we forget all about those people. We take them for granted, but think, who would we be without our computers and our phones today? We, we, we would not be. We wouldn't even be modern humans. We couldn't even fit in. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the capital S. Yeah. All cap. <clears throat> all caps is what your spirit. Yeah. Your spirit, which is every- well, that's, And everyone I came guess from the same the one. Collective, man. like the the all caps. Yeah, yeah. You know, like for the macro. The macro is that what you said? Macro. Yeah. I'm speaking massive people for you. Yeah, micro and macro, man. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, I love yeah. thinking of that kind of stuff. We had this guy, Karuna Caton. You ever hear of him? Mm. Danny? He wrote this book called The uh, Misleading Mind. And it's a really, really good book. He's He ha- came on the other day and he was talking to us, just blowing our minds, trying to say, telling you like, all right, who are you? I'll do what he did. So who are you? Who, 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 what do you mean when you say I? You know, I'm, I'm doing. I'm asking you. <laughs> oh me? Yeah, both or of you. Danny. Both of you. What's what do you got? Like who is I? 
I'm the thing that's <laughs> that's watching. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Who are you talking to? Are you talking to me or the thing that's listening to me or watching me watch me? Yeah. It's bug out. That's it's bug out. It's shit. awesome. It's awesome, man. He was blowing my <laughs> mind. If you, li- I've listened to it three times, and I've only listened to my podcast less than ten times, and I've re-listened to that one three times. Because I, really? I'm, I usually my mentality is usually I I was there or I I can I don't have to re-listen to it, but that I'm one, sure people normally answer like you know like oh I'm my job I'm a dad I'm a mom yeah. I'm I'm my name I'm you know mm-hmm. a person I'm a, I'm a you know yeah but you're not Alex you you were told you were Alex yeah so it's, it's it's really cool <laughs> yeah it's I guess. Well, that's uh, would you... uh, I'm sorry, Alex. Go ahead. No, I got nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, the flow state, you know, and and the state of no mind, like how genius happens. It's not like Albert Einstein thought of all his genius things while he was crunching his brain trying to figure it out. It's when he relaxed and was just in the moment and started listening to his body intelligence and like these extreme surfers and these extreme mountain climbers and all these extreme sports are like quick pathways into flow because you get into the zone where it's like, all right, if I don't do this, I fucking die. Like there's no Mm. in between. So they're literally, they have to get into the moment and shut off the mind and start listening to their intuition. So like, Mm. that's why I love intuitive Tai Chi. That's why I tell my yoga student students to just go with the flow and, and do what your body feels. So like, Instead of regimenting things, which I think is really hard for the masculine. Um, mm-hmm. I heard this really beautiful story, which I forget the deities. I think it was Shiva and, and his girl. And his girl would go off into the woods and have her like alone time. And Shiva would go spy on her. And she would just move how she felt like her body needed to move. So, of course, being a man, Shiva regimented it and created yoga which is a regimented, especially Ashtanga, especially the traditional, it's very regimented. You do this and then this and then this for five breaths, for three breaths, for 10 breaths, and so on and so forth. But we have gotten away from listening to our bodies. And I often have my mind override things and and be like, all right, what's the best way to do things? Uh, I have to (laughs) diet, I have to work out this way. And my mind comes in from all these things that I've picked up and learned and mm-hmm. I'm not nourishing this relationship where like your body knows exactly what it needs. It knows what's food. I remember a conversation you and I had like two years ago, Alex, where your, your, ne- uh, your niece, excuse me, was like, I want a pair. Like my body really wants a pair. And you're like, how the fuck do you like know what your body yeah. needs right now? You know, like, and it's, she's so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but then they then they developed the ego, and she goes, "Um, my body's telling me that I want uh, ice cream and Reese's peanut butter yeah, cups." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, "Oh yeah." Association with the mind. Going back to what you're saying with a uh, flow state. Oh, hold on, oh, my, my mic. If I can chime right. in real quick, because you're just talking about like how the mind overrides the body and how the body feels these things. I saw a picture of the brain. And uh, I've seen it before. I'm sure you guys have seen it, but it's just like a freaking brain on like a red cloth and the entire spine of the brain like dissected out and then all the peripheral nerves coming out of the spine, literally showing you that your brain is one piece with your spine and all those peripheral nerve endings that go throughout your entire body. Like your consciousness exists in your entire body from your head to your toes. And when we keep it like up here, we're really just not 
thinking clearly because we're not aware of everything that you know we're picking up from that's awesome it's in your whole body i never even yeah dude like you your your body is your mind like a lot of people talk about this like mind body soul connection and it's all really the same thing i'm looking over here at books because it's all uh wilhelm reich is this whole thing called bioenergetics and they go as far as you know like he has a book called character analysis where wilhelm reich was a student of sigmund freud the guy who was like everyone wants to fuck their mother the, you know like that whole thing and like the sexual energy that permeates through your body and stuff is like um, mm-hmm. is like what motivates all the causes that we do everything in our lives for. Um, he expanded on it and said that energy is literally what flows through like our entire being. And it gets cut off at certain points and that our consciousness exists in our whole body. And certain people, he categorizes five character types. One is like the schizoid, which would be like people with schizophrenic ten- tendencies, an oral type. Um, People would have like what you would call like a bipolar tendency um, to like rigid, rigid types. And it's all based on where the peripheral energy flows into the body or where it gets cut off. Um, so it's literally thoughts, energies, like all these things. Um, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yo. <laughs> when I when I have eaten shrooms, the first hour for me is like a detox on my sister's call. Me. Hold on one second. I want to answer live. On the <laughs> I thought you said a detox on my yo. sister. Uh, everything's going good. I'm actually live on a podcast right now. I wanted to answer the phone with you on it. So. Oh, you're on the phone or not? No, I'm on a podcast right now on the internet live. Oh. You're on, oh. Yeah, you're on speaker. Hey. You feel special? Oh, I feel so special. You right should. Now. There's like nine people watching probably, hopefully. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Later. Later. Um, oh, he's back. Who? Oh, oh, the ball. <laughs> Did you have a comment, Danny? Uh, definitely, but I wanted to let you uh, speak on flow state. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So what I was thinking about flow state was I think flow state is any time you lose track of time. Basically, uh, being in the moment. So I could relate it to basketball. When I play basketball, I'll play sometimes for six or seven hours and not know what's going on, what time it is, or even what time, what, if it's nighttime, because we play in a gym indoors. So we'll come outside, we're like, it's, how is it dark out? And I feel like anything that you're doing where you lose track of time is you're currently in flow state. So I think like something like going to the movies, when people are fully enthralled with the movie and love it, they, they come out and they forgot about everything. They were in flow. So like television, Mm -hmm. movies, uh, watching anything really where you can fully relate to it. That's why people get addicted to it. So that's what I'm talking about. And flow state again, when I go hiking, my friend and I will just like I when I first started hiking, I would go down like a steep hill, like really like like pushing myself like like really small baby steps. But then like I see him and he taught me this, too. It's like. Just go with it and just do whatever is natural. And now I will jog down a mountain and like like jump off rocks and like that. that oh, that's sick. You know what I mean? Like in, where I used to just be like, like, oh, I can't get down, like going real slow. And like that's when I would trip the most and fall mm. when I'm trying to be do those little baby steps and be careful. That's cool. That that makes me think of like um, I, I used to think that 
I think I thought that like after I tripped once and it was like that life is like playing Sonic on Sega Genesis. Yeah. And if you like take your time and like try to go through everything, like you just won't be going fast enough to get the momentum you need to like go. Yeah. And you literally have to just hit forward and just fucking go. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be the most tedious, like crazy, like, and you can only do that when you're playing. Because, like, you know you get more than one life. You can always restart the system after three lives. Like, whatever. You'll be all right. Yeah. So, but when it's so serious, you, like, take your time and you screw up. So that's interesting. Yeah. And it does go by quicker, literally. You're Absolutely. doing the same shit and it goes by quicker. Oh, yeah, for sure. The fear and the doubt. You know, I think in Shakespeare that says the mind is can be a traitor. You know, you got traitors mm -hmm. with fear and doubt all the time. And it's easier to ignore those fears and doubts when you don't have an extreme emotional attachment to what's going on. So, like... When I go help other people, so much easier to do or help them with their things. But then when I come back to like clean my own house or take care of my shit, it's harder because I'm super invested and emotionally attached. It's like, why can I go help my mom clean? And then I come home and I'm like, oh, I don't know where the fuck to start. Should I start with the windows? Should I start with the floor? You know, I'm just like, ah. Yeah. And I, I, I had a very similar hiking experience. I love, I go downhill fast every time because when i try and take it slow i'm like fuck this 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 sucks you know yeah. and like our mind is like oh we should take it slow wherever we learned it we're like we should take it slow mm -hmm. but not be that kid because i used to like thank god i grew up going exploring when i was a kid and you know i would adventure in the woods all the time and i would always run down the hills and playing back to play enliven mm -hmm. this inner child that you know like never gets old you talk to people that are 60 they're like yeah I, I feel like i'm 20 you know like mm -hmm. my might not feel like that or like you know people that i want to be like they're like i don't feel 60. Mm -hmm. you know i feel 20 still um and back to the awareness and and the energy in your body so eckhart tolle was a book that i you know the power of now i read and then i got the audible book and listened to it like twice over with his his next book because i just wanted to imprint it in my life and just be reminded so uh, I've learned that we can literally heal ourselves with giving ourselves energy with attention. So energy goes where the attention goes. Energy flows where attention goes. So I've hurt my various parts of my body. And I usually do an embodiment practice at night before I go to bed. And I'm just feeling my body, not thinking about it because it's like, oh, I don't feel anything, just literally feeling. So I had hurt my knee and uh, I just laid there sending the energy there, feeling inside of my knee. And it's a really trippy experience because when you really get into it, it starts to expand. You know, like mm. our atoms are 99.9% .9 space. So like I felt like I was in, in an infinite space in my knee. You know, it's like didn't even become my knee anymore. I'm like, well, how is there so much in my knee? Um, and so <laughs> how did my knee get so big? <laughs> my knee. My knee is everything. <laughs> but actually, back to the Bible, I mean, quotes Jesus saying that man cannot live on bread alone. And I don't think that he's referring to money or to anything except for present awareness. And we will uh, slowly atrophy and die out if we're always living in our brain, living in the future or the past. Mm. You know, we're in the future when we're looking down at that hill and being like, we should take it slow because, you know, I could fall down there. Instead of being like, I'm in the moment, my body waits forward right now, let me go with that. And um, so I really think that he's talking about present awareness and bring your attention into your body. And it's it's alchemy. You know, when you bring mm. energy into your body, you're literally turning your essence into life, into vitality. And 
that's why I always come back to the present moment. It's really a struggle because I've lived, you know, 26, 27 years with not even the notion of mindfulness Mm -hmm. and trying to retrain myself. And um, I loved how you talked about the energy being up here. A really great teacher of mine said that our fire in our belly should be stronger than the fire in our brain. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I've heard heard people say your gut is your brain. That's your yes. real brain, yeah, right? Well, yeah, like ganglia from your brain that go into your gut. Okay. Like that you, you are what you eat type deal, yeah. And it's like, mm. they say go with your gut. But then I would always be like, what the fuck is my gut saying? <laughs> I would get pissed at that because I'm like, I don't know what my gut is saying, you know? like Because my mind would jump right in. And I, I really experience it with tests the most where I'm just like, go first instinct. It's really your first instinct. And getting into the flow state, your mind never really interrupts. It's just always like, oh, gut, act. Oh, my gut, yeah, act. It's act. like, and it's uh, you guys don't watch Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, Goku has now achieved, like, the <laughs> ultimate form, actually, as of last Saturday. And it's called Ultra Instinct. And he's like, Mwah! And his body start, now responds. Like, first he mastered the defensive half of it. And his body, like, responds for him. Like, if someone throws a punch at him, it just, like, gets out of the way for him. And it's, like, this really, like, slick, like, Bruce Lee style where, like, he's, like, barely moving and shit. And um, his his challenge was his offense with that. Like, the defensive part of it where his body could just block for him and stuff was cool. But you can't win a fight by just blocking. And there's a lot of metaphorical things, like, built into the show. And so he had to learn to, like, conquer his thoughts and like all the things that were on the line he was in a tournament and his whole universe was like going to get erased if he loses and all these things had to go away even him and the fight and everything had to go away for it to kick in for like his offensive where he could like really take over Mm -hmm. um but it's true it's like even if you like have like a, a, a scary thought or what or a sad thought or any kind of thought you felt something first and then you thought about it so it's just knowing that that's like the secondary thing, right? And when you get to really learn to trust like the feelings that come into you and decipher which ones are actually yours and which ones you might be just be picking up from around you, then that that's uh, that's pretty interesting. And for someone like myself that likes to go really fast in life, it is a great teacher for me to know to like slow down because then you can kind of pick up a lot more. Yeah, man. Stop. I feel you. I watched. I just watched that Dragon Ball episode actually. Yeah, I think everyone should. I watched it like eleven fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> it's serious. He, just to, um, we can't, we won't stay on Dragon Ball that long. But can he? Uh, didn't he already <laughs> achieve Ultra Instinct in other? He already did. He it was did, just for a short period of time. He, he he didn't master it. And I mean, if we are going to stay on it for just a second, well, yeah, he walked away, so we have some time. All right, so, <laughs> get so whatever, some Dragon Ball. We'll some Dragon Ball. Hold up. Yeah. Because I know I saw him get Ultra Instinct once, and then he... Oh, it was when he was fighting um, the dude in space, uh, the purple dog, Pharaoh. What's his name again? Uh, Hit? Hit. No, the purple... The main guy, Ball... Oh, Beerus. No, yeah. that's when he goes super saying God, bro. Oh, nah, that's not Ultra Instinct. No, but right, he did right. get it another time. This is mastered ultra instinct, bro. Super, super. (laughs) 
Yo, uh, Danny, listen to this heavy Ujaya breath from Goku right here. <laughs> oh, wait, hold up. <laughs> Vegeta's like, we got this. Yeah, you know, this is seriously one of the most G things that's ever happened in the 30 years of Dragon Ball. This is Jiren. He's like super powerful. He's like more powerful than a lot of gods. Those are all the gods of destruction and like other people that were in the tournament. So boss. Wait for it. <laughs> oh no, no, he caught it. Fuck <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Stupid lines. And now all the gods stand up for Goku. Like, what? Yo, that is so good. Ooh. It's like one of the most epic things I think I've ever seen in my life. So can so I got some questions now. I guess we will do a little Dragon Ball Z. Danny, you don't watch this, do you? 
I don't. I watched uh, up until like Boo when I was younger, but yeah, I yeah, new. Yeah, I recently just got back into it too because I just saw so much stuff on Facebook about Dragon Ball Super. So I'm like, what's going on here? But so is he gonna fight? Can he kill kill Beerus theoretically now? Um, I don't think Beerus has achieved Ultra Instinct. It's like a skill level that not even like the gods. Because there's the angels, the dude who was asking him, who's got the big, like, halo thing. Yeah. And then there's gods of destruction. And they kind of, like, exist on two different, like, uh, energies. Whereas, like, Ultra Instinct is, like, you surrender to everything. And then this god power enters into you, like it did to Goku. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, like, kind of more of, like, an angel thing. But, like, gods of destruction, like Beerus and, like, the clown dude and, like, all the ones for all the universes... They can achieve it, but it's like it's completely outside of their nature. Like they're like the the gods of the manifested, whereas like this is like an unmanifested form acting through the manifested. He's like Jesus. <laughs> Yo. Well, all right. So what? A, my my bad. Yeah. What'd you say? I was just gonna say, ultimate form seems synonymous with Christ consciousness to me. Yeah. yeah. As I was watching that, I was just like, he's just in Christ consciousness right now. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you saw the heavy Ujjayi, right? He's just. <laughs> <laughs> just like all oh, just flows into him yeah and then he's just, oh. i love how he just goes and takes like a 12-week cycle of trend balone in like fucking 30 seconds and just pumps <laughs> out <laughs> super frolicked out what melt shirt off you're so jacked <laughs> what what about wiz can he kill is wiz a god because wiz is stronger just than like Beerus. an angel yeah well, the most powerful thing in existence is actually those two little twin dudes. Yeah, yeah. So those are the, so they so he, they could kill him. So that's the Omni King, like the omnipotent one. Yeah. And Goku promised him like they had this thing, and then he's like, "Yo, I'll get you someone to play with all the time if you help me do this, this, and this." And he's like, "Yeah, sure, Goku." And like Goku just goes up and talks to him, but everyone in existence is like insanely scared of him. Uh, but they picked God as a child, which is really cool because that's like kind of what, um, like some of the stuff I learned, like going to the kirtans with Danny, which is like you know like Indian drum circling sessions and stuff like that. They chant like the intimate names of God and stuff like that, and they tell little stories in between. But apparently, like Krishna, they always depict God as like a child, so it's like this harmless child who has the most like omnipotent abilities so like he'll just be playing around and like destroy a fucking universe or something like that mm-hmm. um so yeah goku goes and gets a different version of himself from a different timeline of existence so that they can play together and then he puts <laughs> on this tournament of power where everybody fights for their own survival it's pretty cool yeah man that's a great show there's so many real life lessons in it it's, it's like nuts. endless um and it's cool because you do the guy's been doing it for 30 years uh mm-hmm. i forgot his name like something toriyama um yeah i know i think and it's so like from his heart so like the stuff that's unconsciously coming out in it is really pure and really dope and i guess that's why it's got such a huge cult following and you know like i don't watch anime but i watched the shit out of dragon ball i've tried yeah the thing the thing about the being the child and being the ultimate form i was just thinking i don't know it just popped in my head um we we start off as kids and we just play all the time right and then you're told you can't play anymore because you got to play the the game you got to make money and stuff like that so then you go with the mentality of you work your whole life 
to make the money so you can be able to play whenever you want again. So it's like you're, we're living all to just get back to being the child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's because we're told, <clears throat> you, know, you know, you need the money to be able to do all of those things to play. It's also a matter of like how the game changes. Like when you're in fourth grade, everyone plays kickball. As soon as you get into fifth grade, you're in middle school. It's like, you don't play kickball anymore, dude. <laughs> yeah. Grade. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think a big part of it is just kind of growing up, too, because, like, things should be this way. Yeah, we should all be playing fucking badminton, having sex in the woods, and, like, everyone's having fun. Like, it'd be sick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, we lived in, like, the beach, like that Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Yeah, that 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 would be cool. That's how, that's how things should be, right? Like, that's what we were talking about. Yep. But this is like uh, the game that everybody plays. Yeah, Have fun. Well, you gotta <laughs> accept we'll where you are and honor who you are, and then that leads into what you want to do. And I think that there's, we have to chase our purpose and we have to crunch our brains and figure it out. But maybe it just happens by us living and living our authentic selves, and then our we become a magnet to our purpose. So mm -hmm. I've been trying to use mantras like life is not tough. You know, I use the, the positive affirmation that life is easy and flowing. And it happens to be the case. You know, I mean, Henry Ford, whether you believe it uh, or not, it's true. And I really think that we make our own rules. And you have to be real. You know, I've fallen into the trap of trying to be so positive affirmation that I, I ignored things that were going on inside of me. And it felt really good to honor those and say, you know, fucking frustrated right now, you know. Um, but that's feeling my feelings to completion and then you can move on. So I think that we have all these shoulds, like I should be spiritual. I should never get angry. And we don't honor the fact that we get angry and that we get sad and that we have these emotions and we shove them away. And what we don't face controls us. Meanwhile, what we face, we just face it and then we move on. But if I'm not mm -hmm. going to accept and face, uh, worries of fear, you know, going to this coaching, um, realm i'm like who the fuck is gonna hire a 28 year old when somebody's 40 years old are they ever gonna take me seriously uh or there's fear there where i i, I don't give somebody i don't deliver you know that again the the trader the doubts in my mind and uh they totally came up when i was asked to teach yoga or a class i was like you're not ready you haven't done enough you're totally not ready but i'm so glad i just jumped into the fire and ignored those and just trusted you know i just went like yep I immediately just said yes before I could go back and be like, no, nah, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can't do it. So uh, it's really, you know, I think we can get into the play state. We don't have to, you know, for me, I love poker. So I always dream of winning a huge poker tournament and I'll win millions of dollars and then I can just play and it's all good. You know, I don't have to worry about work, uh, but I'm trying to play first. I'm trying to play now. That's mm -hmm. why I make time to do these kind of things and, and do something new that brings me into the, the flow, you know, because I think mm -hmm get real redundant too with their lives uh you know a good example is like me and my girl we watch movies and like we gotta fucking do i'm, I'm gonna take her dancing or something because we need to do something new because shit gets stale and then mm -hmm. it, you, the things that pull you into the moment don't pull you into the moment anymore if i watch mm -hmm. movie or too many movies i'm not fully in there so i'm not losing track of time i'm like super aware of time and then my mind is fires just going 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 and that body fire is is very low. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think the deeper you get into like this whole like, you know, as you're developing of who you are and what you're doing and stuff like that, the stakes, they can seem like they're getting much higher because you got a lot more stuff going on. 
And with that, it can get super fucking overwhelming if you if you're not able to keep that mind of like, I'm just I'm playing like this isn't so serious. I mean, you take it seriously because when you play, you play your hardest, you play your best. You know what I mean? Otherwise, like you're just kind of jerking yourself around. So it's like it's it doesn't get it easier. It's just that your level of mastery has to keep stepping up. But then you get used to that new realm of like, you know, like you said, when you couldn't teach, or you didn't know if you could teach the class or not. I've been to a bunch of your fucking classes. You take great yoga classes. <laughs> so it's like, now it's just like, it's probably whatever for you. Just go in, you teach yoga. Um, the yoga, so definitely. Uh, we but we constantly me, step outside of that, that comfort zone, you know? Absolutely. Healthy, healthily pushing the boundary, you know, mm-hmm. healthy, getting a little bit outside of your comfort zone, you know, like I'm not going to go. Uh, take a, a job like public speaking right now, but I would like to do that one day. But I'm not. I'm I'm having reachable goals. I felt like teaching mm-hmm. class was a reachable goal. I just graduated from training. You know, I was trained to do this. Uh, it, but whose voice are you going to listen to? You're going to listen to your gut, which is really just feelings and not logical thoughts. Or you're going to mm-hmm. listen to the thoughts that are like, now nah, you should practice way more. You should teach some free classes first, yada, yada, yada. You know, I wouldn't be, I didn't start a great yoga teacher. Nobody started a great anything. You have to practice. And I think that's a, a thing with the social media now. We just see people's successes, but part of success is failure. You, know, you have to fail a thousand times. And it's not like a totally fall on your face. You know, my first couple of yoga classes, I didn't totally fall on my face. I'm sure I delivered a decent class, but mm-hmm. I to get through those to start teaching awesome classes and sometimes i'm sure it's still not awesome it's it's who's ever it's, it's sorry i'm not being to be rude i'm just fucking exhausted no. but yeah you you go through these things and then you just get stronger through them um and you and you live at your edge and this is really cool because i found this quote it's on that david dita book the yeah. way of the superior man it's a really awesome book i don't know if i told you about this one jeff no but uh, i've given it to a number of men and uh, I've, I've reread it a bunch to, of times myself. I've um, given it to a number. It's literally of written like a man book. There's like 50 chapters that are like five pages each and a synopsis <laughs> of one page at the front of it. So like you don't even have to fucking read it really. It's just like it's there for you. Um, but it says, I don't remember this one, living just beyond your edge. This is one of the chapters. In any given moment, a man's growth is optimized if he leans just beyond his edge his capacity, and his fear. He should not be too lazy, happily stagnating in the zone of security and comfort, nor should he push far beyond his edge, stressing himself unnecessarily, uh, unable to metabolize his experience. He should lean just slightly beyond the edge of fear and discomfort constantly in everything that he does. Yeah, Yeah. that reminds me of um, when I went hiking. I was just like, it wasn't even that big. It was like a two and a half foot gap between these two mountains. But like, mm-hmm. it went straight down. Like, if I somehow tripped when I jumped, I would die. Like, definitely. Like, it's it was straight down really far. And then my friend just jumped over it because he's always flowing when we're hiking. And he's like, he's the one who taught me how to like run down the hill the right way. And uh, he's like, yo, just jump. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Nah, like I could get down over there and I'll just like squeeze through and like go over there. And he's like, yo, just jump. It's two feet. You could do it. But like, and I know I could do it, you know, 
but I don't know. It was just so scary. And then I just did it. And then it's like you feel so much better when you just go past that zone. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. And that when you said go past the edge, you know, like that was it. The literally yeah, that was literally the edge too. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great analogy, man. I um I used to want to be like the guy from Office Space, do fucking nothing, you know, like have no work. Because <laughs> like I hated stress so much, I just wanted to like nothing matters. But I noticed when I do that. So I, I told you guys about video games and TV and movies. Like I don't feel fulfilled afterwards, and that feeling when you jump that gap. Or when I go and, and teach a yoga class when I feel like I can't, that's the feeling that we're looking for, you know, mm -hmm. like that's, that's fulfillment. That's, you know, and like, it's fleeting when we're living in the mind, you know, we just like get this quick fix, we're like, all right, we got what we wanted. And if we're thinking past and future, it doesn't really satiate us. But if we're in the moment consistently, it becomes a longer stretch. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, uh, Wayne Dyer talks about how we like don't even look at history. So like I get stressed. I used to get stressed before yoga classes up until like two months ago. And I'm like, I'm listening to this voice in my head that's always going to be doubting versus the fact that I've already taught eight months of classes that have all gone fine and had great reviews and more and more people are showing up and uh, I'm clearly doing a good job. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to listen to the history too, you know, yeah. and have faith in myself and, and interject and, a hold on these fears and doubts that just seemingly have a pretty consistent flow and i don't know if they're ever going to stop but i'm getting better at recognizing them and not identifying with them yeah. and jumping the mm -hmm. gap more yeah you just put the spin on it you just put it's like you put the logical spin on it like it makes more sense all right i've gotten great reviews everyone does like it so why do i not like why do i not think that they like it if everyone's telling me they like it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's cool, man. It's And that's really when you start to uncover, like, these deep unconscious beliefs about shit. Because, like, you know, like, a, you call a spade a spade. Everyone calls it a spade. And you're still questioning whether or not it's a fucking spade. <laughs> it's like, why? Why? And that's when you really start to learn, like, some things that you may... Because beliefs are very powerful. And... They're extremely powerful and they shape the way we see the world and how we do everything. And sometimes it's like, and Danny and I talk about this a lot, it's like a lot of these times, these little unconscious beliefs of what you're worthy of in your life and, you know, what, uh, you know, as much as sometimes people have the ability to give love, how much can they receive in their lives as well? Um, like you would be referring to money and stuff like that, but just in terms of anything. Yeah. I do like the office space analogy, too, because like when you do walk around like like it don't fucking matter, <laughs> you know, like and he gets all these promotions and stuff like that's it, dude. That's he, literally it. His name is if his name is Jim, a, by the way. Like what if start fucking mic cable? Yeah, my bad. Danny. Yeah. All good, brother. It's that um, one cable. It's oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What if you start playing before you have the abundance or like, what if you start spending money like you're abundant realizing like, all right, I really want to take my mom out for a really nice meal. And it's like your last 40 bucks and it's going to cost you 40 bucks. But if you're just like, I totally have faith that more is coming to me. I'm going to spend this 40 bucks. 
That's the paradox. That's the jumping of the gap. That's like having faith and believing. So then the worthiness, I think the old, the successful people, the only difference between us and them, not saying we're not successful. I mean, you, you're doing three podcasts in a day, so you're clearly right and have <laughs> a following, yeah. but um, you know, the super successful people. So it's like, I've noticed like, all right, I, I'll give myself this much worthiness. I'm that successful. Now I'm like helping the ante. And I had talked with somebody that I was getting some coaching advice and she's like, I see you as like a spiritual thought leader. And I'm like, holy fuck, could I be like Wayne Dyer? Like that, yeah. that kind of like, I, I finally like thought like, shit, I could be like that. I could literally go change people's lives by going to talking in front of people and just again, being myself and playing with it, you know, like mm -hmm. I prepared for this podcast or mm -hmm. I would really prepare for those talks. And I notice when I do prepare my classes and not just trust myself and go from my gut, my classes from my gut are a lot better than my classes from my brain. But back to the worthiness, it's like, damn, Wayne Dyer got to where he was because he believed that he was worthy of it. Exactly. And can I? It's true. Yeah, so look, at, look at Donald Trump. Like, like him or not, he sure as hell believed he deserved to be the president. Yeah. Like, and he believes that he's a winner, so he wins in things that he does, you know? Yeah. And there, that is a big thing, you know, like belief, belief in yourself, belief in what you're doing, because if it's not there, like you're just not going to last. And it's a marathon. It's not a race. And people peak and they fall off. But uh, the ones that are consistent, it's when those unconscious beliefs are in check big time. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're, all, we're only limited by our thoughts, right? Totally. Whatever you think you can be, you can be. Yeah, the fir isn't that the first step of being anything? You have to think that you can be that. And you have yeah. to live as that. How that would. Like Kobe saying like, if I think I'm going to, if I think I'm the best, then I have to do what the best would do. So like he would always, yeah. he's like, all right, so the best would always be the first to the gym and the last to leave the gym, no matter what, every single practice. And that's what he did for whatever, 20 years. And he was, I mm -hmm. think he's the best, but it's another and that's, story. And uh, that's huge too, is learning to focus. I've been doing that a lot is focusing on my efforts rather than focusing on outcomes because the outcome, you have a vision in your mind, you have a dream in your mind, that's awesome. Now, if you focus on it like, oh, this is going to happen, this is great, and then you just don't do anything because you think like you're just blessed and shit's going to go down, like pfft, you're going you're gonna to blow it. And mm -hmm. if you think like, oh, this is never going to happen, this is way beyond me, there's like no way I can actually pull this off, you're just not going to put the effort in and it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But when you know what you want, like it's like Will Smith and all these guys talk like the universe like silly putty and it just comes to you and it moves out of your way. And then, like it does work with you to an extent. Um, it's uh, it's it's really just a, it's a switch that goes off when you start realizing, like, all right, let me focus on what I can do, like tying back into what we were saying and. And focusing on your efforts. I know what the outcome has to be. And it, you don't have to reinvent the fucking wheel in terms of anything. Like, want to get a good jump shot? Take a lot of jump shots. Mm -hmm. Like, I dial on the phone. And, I do, and I've been doing it for a while now. And I've been doing sales for a while. But regardless of how talented I may, think I may be or my, what my track record or my history is, I'm only as good as my last day. And I know for a fact when I make 150 phone calls a day, I'm going to get results. Because it's just a formula. And yeah. I didn't come up with it. But when I talk to mad people, that's what it is. Um, that's why I got a callus on my finger. Look at that. <laughs> oh, nonstop. I got him. <laughs> Them digits.
No. But uh, yeah, this shit's chess. It ain't checkers. <laughs> and and really having the faith and and going forward, not getting in your head like I made fifty calls and I have fucking zero responses right now, you know, and and just staying in the moment, you know, like um, it's a formula, you know, it's a formula of the small goals too, you know, like you have your big goal of being the best basketball player in the world, but then you have to be focused on when you're at the gym. It's not just showing up at the gym and sitting around mm -hmm. the first one there, like all right, cool, I'm the first one here. It's like. I'm going to show up to the gym. Then you're at mm -hmm. the gym. What am I going to do when I'm at the gym? All right, I'm going to start shooting free throws. All right, now I'm going to do some off-the-dribble shots. Whatever I want or need to focus on, and I think it's uh, technology is beautiful. Like, we can all sit in our homes right now and, and have a Skype and, and reach thousands. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know, it's really limitless. It's fucking amazing. But at the same time, we're so reliant on Google. You know, I'm like, all right, I want to gain... 15 pounds of muscle. So I'm going to come up with like the best regimen. I'm going to Google all the foods that I should eat. And I go on this huge long plan or, or another thing, like I, I was planning on opening up a, a vegan cafe. Um, but my essential partner kind of wanted to do his own thing. So I, I uh, respected that. And, um, but at the same time, you know, I had some people, a lot of the older generation I would tell, and they're like, you got to figure this out, this out, this out. And I'm like, yeah, I, we got to figure that out, but we're going to start getting together and, and move forward because people that start businesses, they don't have 100% of the details lined up. They have their dream and they keep saying that I can do this. And then everything works out as you move forward. You know, if you get mm -hmm. up in your brain and not enough action, it, it, it doesn't work out. It's this healthy balance of, of brain and gut and body yeah. and, and faith as well you know you know what and you, you say faith and it ties in because we recognize the way like when something cool is happening and you're like i'm in the right place and like i'm doing the right thing when that's happening then you're like wait dude like this shit is connected like faith that things because you can be like well if this didn't happen then this wouldn't happen and this wouldn't happen and this would happen and i wouldn't be here feeling so like in the right place feeling like such a special fucking guy right now <laughs> like dude I met Danny at a mango taco station at a party. <laughs> and I was like, you seem cool. I'm, I was like, mango taco. He's like, yeah, mango taco. And then he was just mango taco guy. We became friends. Yeah. But like, what the fuck? And like, now we're actually working together on some really cool projects and stuff too, which I'm keeping pretty hush hush. Um, but they are like out there for people to look at. But uh, I'd say within the next like three, four weeks, we'll talk a lot more about that stuff. Yeah. Once all the, I, the I's are dot. What do you do? You dot the T's? You got the, the eyes and cross the T's. All the eyes, eyes <laughs> are eyes. Uh, Had your wife, Menage a Trois, Danny Warwick, Joe Rizzo, Alex Sides. Yo, yo, yo. Here that uh, the idea for the vegan cafe, like I've had that too, and that would be amazing. We we were me and Johnny were gonna do it, Alex, to do it <coughs> and, really? call, and call it the micro cafe. Wait, so you guys are you guys are gonna make a vegan cafe together now to you? I am the master networker. I'm out. Peace. <laughs> also having faith, you know, like not forcing anything too. You know, when my my buddy told me that he wanted to work on his own thing, which he already had a successful business going right now, and he couldn't divert the efforts. Not that he didn't believe in it, because I mean, I'm not vegan, but I love that people are not eating meat three times a day anymore, and I'm a huge sweet tooth. And to know that I can make vegan desserts that have no added sugar and they taste phenomenal and they don't have any refined sugar or refined salt or refined flour, fuck yeah, I want to mm -hmm. spread that to the world and I'm going to reap so much abundance from it, you know? But at the same time, 
the divine intelligence has a different plan for me. So it's really letting go of my mind being like, yeah, first I'll open up the business. Then I'll follow my passion. First, mm -hmm. I'll work up a, a fortune. Then I'll follow my passion. No, nah, it's got to be reversed. Just follow your passion. Let go of your mind thinking that it has to be this way and just go with the flow. You know, I mean, the more that I let go of the flow, the more opportunities that come up. You know, I get invited mm -hmm. on podcasts. I get invited to work with you on our project. That's hush hush for now. Uh, you know, I get introduced to Joe where maybe we will respark this vegan cafe because now, you know, really and it's, uh, yeah, man. it's interesting to see how it goes because sometimes you're like, oh, I have to let go of it. It's, it's not supposed to happen now. And then you go, oh, it'll probably happen in a few years. But what if it just happens in like a fucking month? Yeah. And it's 10 times bigger than you thought it was going to be. You want to hear you know, the, like You, you want to hear the full idea or you think someone will steal this? I don't even care. I want them to steal this. So listen to this. How about this? So we, we, we're always thinking, all right, it's nighttime. I don't like going out on weekends anymore to bars and shit. So we're thinking, like, where can we go? We don't want to go to Brooklyn right now. And that's basically all we can think of where we like going. So we'll be we're like, where can we need a spot where there's it's late night. So it's open the hours of bars. But it's like a lounge kind of spot where you can have there's a bar, but it's a wine bar and has kombucha on tap. And it's you you order whatever you want and then you could go sit down. But late night we have vegan food like it's actually healthy food for you late night. There's nowhere you can do that. Every bar has shitty food. There's McDonald's and all fast food open. There's nowhere to go late night to eat healthy, really. So we yeah, want this to be like a chill that's spot. That's cool, too. Yeah. Because you can be open during the day, too. So now you're making money like yeah. you leverage your rent a lot, too. If you, have, you know, get the right location. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what we were thinking. Like, we need a spot where we would want to go. And you just think of everything about where you would want to do and someone else is going to want to do it. I had a, I had a, I had a, a, a niche, a niche, I want to use niche, I had a niche uh, health food restaurant idea. And it was when all the dairy barns on Long Island went out. Imagine those got switched up to like smoothie, like wrap, like, uh, you know, like little health spots. Like, oh, here's your uh, here's your bee pollen shake and your $17,000 fucking acai bowl. Exactly. wanted acai, too. I love them, man. They're good. Yeah, they are good. Yeah, I totally vibe on the late night. We were planning to do something similar and. I totally agree. I'm just like, let's do what we want to do. Like, I want some ecstatic dance parties going on. We have to go to Brooklyn or the city for that or an apothecary. You know, mm -hmm. we got we have local herbs being grown. And I I literally read one book, but it's like the <laughs> almanac of herbal. And I've been getting onto my herbal teas, which make me feel fucking amazing. They're nutritious and they're fucking, again, delicious. I mean, my girl made me a hot uh, cocoa that's vegan. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was like cacao, turmeric. I remember this. And holy shit, it was amazing. <laughs> I couldn't taste the difference. I actually enjoyed it more than the standard cocoa. Yeah. And I'm just like, we need to share this with people and people want it. So, you know, it's, it's great that you have a group of friends who I don't even know that want the same thing that me and my group of friends want. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm willing for anything to happen, you me know, I, I never put like, all right, well, if God exists, he's going to make this happen for me. <laughs> willing for things to work out and if they work out fucking awesome if not that means there's, there's something better in store for myself you know it's it's really like my mind doesn't know as much as the divine intelligence knows no. i'm just gonna flow 
with the lazy river of fine intelligence and fucking play on my tube and enjoy this shit instead of getting out of my tube and being like this, this river shouldn't be this way i got to i got to go back to the line and get out <laughs> my mind doesn't fucking work. Yeah, you guys saw the post I did on Instagram this week. It was with like Salvatore Dali. It was like a fucking clock, like melting and tripping all over itself. Yeah, yeah. It says, "When I run after what I think I want, my days are a furnace of stress and anxiety. If I sit in my own place of patience, what I need flows to me, and without pain. From this, I understand that what I want also wants me, is looking for me and attracting me." There's a great secret here for anyone who can grasp it. It's uh, Rumi. Yeah. Yeah. See, I want to be. Can we say what we want to be? I'm gonna... Smoke weed and play Fortnite. <laughs> What's good? <laughs> Twitch.tv, motherfuckers. Got, dropping them Rumi, Rumi quotes in here. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? Menage a trois. What do you want to be, Alex? <laughs> what, when I grow up? No, what do you want to be? I'm a Toys R Us kid. What are you talking about, boy? <laughs> I want what I want to be. I just want to be a... Uh, I'm exactly what I want to be, bro. Nice. That's a good An answer. An ever-changing version of me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... I like I it. Know, man. No, that's good enough. You can... want to make a fucking dynasty. Help a bunch of people. Have a bunch of sons. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's... what I want to do. What, like... Uh, I think everyone... I don't know, not everyone, whatever. Most people will say, like, helping as many people as possible, right? Shouldn't that just be, like, the number one thing we live for, to just help as many people as we can? Uh, I'll refer I'll refer back to the last podcast with Drew White, uh, Blanket Statements and Generalizations. Yeah, I, I mean, we should I all do whatever I, the fuck we want. Okay. Like, we wouldn't be as cool if there wasn't a group of guys probably on their own podcast right now talking about, like, doing terrible things to people as many as they possibly can. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I guess it's maybe it's just one side of the coin that we're into. Uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I misworded. I misworded the question, like not what should be, but not everyone, whatever. Yeah. That's, yeah, uh, that's just what I, what's going on here. He's showing us something bathroom. Oh, we got a thumbs up. What's he doing? I think it's his girlfriend. Right. Nah, I'm, I'm taking a piss. I just didn't want to miss this awesome conversation. Oh, nice. I thought you were, ah. were showing. I couldn't see who. I was like, is he going to poop on Skype? <laughs> that would be great, actually. It's the first poop we've ever had. It's like think... one of my favorite things to do is like be on the toilet with like my pants down to my like ankles and then take like one of these up high photos of myself with my bare legs out. You yeah. can't see my junk, and then I'll do like that face. <laughs> I haven't received any of these pictures. <laughs> I have one. I was trying to FaceTime my sister, and, she, and all you see is a text on top and it says "boundaries, bro." And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I love the um, I love the question. Like, I just want to help as many people. Uh, you know, what do I want to be and, and help as many people? And like, how do we help? as many people like do it's, we go yeah. force change the world that was organized away for whatever reason that we can't fathom you know i mean again trust in the divine intelligence i think the way to help most people is to be your most authentic self as often as you can and that that's what the world needs most is people doing what lights their fire 
And mm-hmm. then just that in itself helps so many people. It's like the, the ultimate way to help people. If you don't want to be a farmer and you're forcing being a farmer because you think that's how you're going to help the world is teaching people how to farm, you're not going to be attracting people. You know, like, why, why do we want to watch Paul Check? Because Paul Check is fucking doing what he loves to do. And you're just automatically attracted to that. He's fully present. He's not spooling. Mm-hmm. And to be fully present, you got to be doing what lights your fire. It's yeah. true. You can't be going back and forth between like what I think I should be doing and what I am doing. Just, you're in it. That's a very cool feeling. Um, I'm also realizing that the more closer I get to that and to that like level of existing is like it's almost a different vibration. And I have to like learn to be very present in that vibration too. Like when too many things are going on, I'm just like, oh, this is really cool. I can't move. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, or maybe I'm just nuts. I don't know. But uh, it's, We're all nuts. It's, uh, it's definitely a path of self-mastery, I guess, when you get deeper and deeper into what you want. Because it always sounds good on paper, but then once you start living in and putting the work in, it's like, yo, this is fucking real. Like I could actually do something really huge or could I? And then you have like these conversations and you work it out yourself, you know? Um, yeah. I could be a spiritual thought leader. Like, Mm -hmm. shit. Like that was the first time I ever thought about it with some realness. Like, wow. And it's kind of just a realization, like we're all expressions of God. So we're, I'm not different than Wayne Dyer. Obviously I'm I'm a different expression, but you know, we're not different from any of the people that we look up to. Kobe, you know, he just went with the flow. He just went with the lazy river and fucking maybe did mm-hmm. a little stroking, you know, maybe had an oar and was just like, all right, I'm going uh, I'm to take this ride as best as I can. Yeah, dude. And it's, it goes time to the thing that, like, what you're chasing is chasing you. Like, you're not going to appeal to every single person in the world. No one is. Like, we're going to appear to appeal to exactly who we need to appeal to. And there's meaning in that. And whether it's one, like, dude, like, if you make a video and a million people see it and, like, it doesn't really change anything, or if you make a video and 10 people see it, it changes one person's life. Like, really, like, whatever came out of you so for some reason was meant for that person to see. Like, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. Like, like, one person. That's like when we nuts. get the comments, you know, like, from people, like, the DMs. Like talking about how you helped me and stuff mm-hmm. like and shit like that and like the, all that interview was so good or stuff like that's mm-hmm. the stuff that's like oh shit they they're they changed even the smallest bit from listening to the show because they had they took the time out to DM me and tell me it did so that's crazy I, that's it's the true best part. yeah it's it's the feedback that you get and you're like whoa that's huge and the technology plays a huge key in it I remember I talked about how I was at this kid's funeral. And this dude I grew up with was like, yo, what up? And I haven't seen him in like eight years. He's like, yo, that video you made on coffee enemas like fucking six years ago changed my life. I do coffee enemas every week now. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, I haven't done a coffee enema in two years, but I was super inspired to do it at that time. And like, apparently it was something that he was really into. And the kid looked great, super healthy. It's part of his regimen. They use hot coffee. I never had one. No, not hot coffee up your butt. Uh, uh, coffee enema. Yeah, so coffee enema, they got to use cold coffee, right? You use like uh, 98.6, like your body temperature. So this way it doesn't Ooh. feel hot or cold. That must feel uh, It doesn't crazy. really feel like anything. You don't feel anything at all? I mean, no. You feel like 
yeah, you feel like water in your ass. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a it's a low enema. So well, like with a normal that. one, you're gonna go like face down, ass up. That's the way we, you Not know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you gotta position yourself like a little hoe. <laughs> and that's for like a regular enema if you want to like clean out your digestive tract and like your colon and stuff like that. Um, coffee enemas work by utilizing like the portal vein, which goes directly into your liver. And it's around the rectum. I always do this when I talk about assholes. <laughs> it's around the rectum. And um, yeah. hey, guys. <laughs> and uh, and you do a low enema. So you lay on your side. I think it's on your it's on your right side. I'm trying to think because I sent this girl a selfie once when I was doing one, and I was yeah I was I was holding the phone in my left hand so I was on, I think it's on your right side you're supposed to do it, and you that way the the coffee stays like right towards your rectum it doesn't go too deep and the alkaloids in, in organic coffee and the caffeine itself makes your liver and your gallbladder like release a bunch of bile and stuff like that and it literally cleans out your liver which is the master cleaner of your body. To quote Dr. Uh, I forgot his first name. This guy, Dr. Jobs, he talks. He's all about detoxing the liver first because I mean, there's different you know things about like what you should clean out first in your body. But uh, once again, intuitive, never a generalization. But imagine your body's like a giant kitchen table and it's got dirt and food all over it, and you're trying to clean it with a dirty sponge. It's just going to take a long time. The water's going to get all brown. And but if you have a brand new clean sponge. You know, like almost satisfying and how good it is, like the first cut into construction paper. Like, yeah. So <laughs> and it makes it a lot easier to clean your body. So the point is, random kid was touched by, you know, a video that I made years ago. That's great, man. You touched him. <laughs> <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> oh. My, my, um, I actually took, um, I ate an edible for this conversation and now it's kicking in a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It was a, How many milligrams? It was a firecracker. Uh, no. Ate a fire. Yeah. Someone made me one and brought it in during the last podcast and just like, he walked in the door and dropped it and then walked out. <laughs> <laughs> How many uh, milligrams was there? It was just like a homemade... No, it it was he made it. It was like at his. You know what a firecracker is? No. Oh, it's just uh, like peanut butter and weed. Like you just pour the weed in and cook it together and then eat it. Oh, word! <laughs> yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Weed is a psychedelic for sure. Yeah, especially when you eat it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's so similar of a feeling. I think weed is way more powerful than a lot of times people give reverence for it. You just don't realize when you blaze every day. But I've taken a week or two off, and when I smoke, it feels like there's bowling balls on my whole body made of invisible <laughs> light. And I'm definitely oh. close to tripping. A bowling ball? That would feel heavy. I remember. Yeah, when I came back from Texas, I didn't blaze for like a good 10 days. And I took like two bowl hits and it felt like there was just a giant like iron invisible ball. And I was just stoned underneath it. I was like, this is nuts. You didn't want that, no? Oh, I didn't. I wasn't really into the giant ball. But then I yeah. guess I smoked my way through it. So. <laughs> you got through it. And now you're here. Now we're here. <laughs> Do you smoke uh, mar- uh, cannabis, Danny? 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been a pretty heavy pot smoker since uh, 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I recently, last year, had taken a break and I took like a month and a half off. And after that, I became like the pothead that I wanted to be, which was like, you know, I always was like, I would be at a party or interacting with people and they're like, yeah, you know, I smoke every once in a while. I'm like, how? How do you smoke every once in a while? <laughs> it's like either on or off for me. Like I have to be on a break or I'm on. And like coming into the intuitive, like when do I really feel like I'll have a good experience? Cause like after the reason why I took a break was like, I started to get anxiety and not relax. And I'm like, I smoke weed to relax. So why am, mm-hmm. why I, gotta, am I anxious? Yeah. If I'm getting anxious. So I finally took a break and um, it was really good for me. I really like because intuitively I was like, I need a break from smoking weed. I'm a very uh, they call it Vata in Ayurvedic. It's like an airtight. So like I had all these ideas and ideas and ideas and ideas, but I would never put them into the earth. I would never put them into into action. So I was like, I need a break from smoking. And when I finally did, it was great for me. And then like after a while, I kind of like lost my passion. And I was kind of like, just kind of, I was doing my shit, and, but I wasn't having a lot of ideas. So then I smoked and I was like, I was like looking at my dogs, like, I fucking love you guys. I can't believe that you guys are living with me. And like, I looked at my girl and I was like, I love you. And like, I was like, this is what, this is what like life is really about. It made me really, really connected, just like, you know, shrooms and acid and, mm-hmm. and a lot of things had made me feel super connected. And uh, so I'm striving to to do that uh, without any externals needed. Um, so it's always, you know, like I, I smoked weed yesterday, you know, and I had a great time. And um, I, I'm I'm still on that, like trying to do it every once in a while, you know, and, and have mm-hmm. this balance. You know, I think it's all about balance, like where like I had shunned off video games because I fucking like sunk at least months of my life into video games over <sighs> my life, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Dota. I was a huge fucking Dota guy, Warcraft 3, um, Starcraft, like, you know, uh, fucking Counter-Strike. That's Dota, what really got me going. Dota's big on Twitch, yo. You could Twitch yourself playing Dota. Yeah, don't don't poke the dragon, man. Don't get me. <laughs> you guys are already poking the dragon with the Dragon Ball Z. But no, you know, like, but I, de- I deem them as bad. And then in a healthy, like, balanced way, Video games are great, you know, especially when I'm playing Fortnite with my friends that I don't get to see too often. We have a fucking blast, you know. It's like nothing is good or bad. Everything is sit- nah, dude. It's all like, uh, you know, we justify things as a mean to an end, like in, in in terms of anything. Everything is always an excuse. Oh, my life sucks because I smoke too much weed. I've said that to myself a thousand different times. But then once you start doing shit, like you just get real with yourself. Like I've gotten to a point now where like four out of five school nights, like I'm not getting super stoned before I go to sleep. Because I want to perform the next day. And it's going to piss me off if I can't, like, be who, you know. So now weed isn't fucking that important in terms of what is more important. So yeah. I think a big downfall with getting blazed all the time is that you can just totally be satisfied with just being blazed all the time if you get into it. And you don't leave a lot of room for other things to fulfill you. Um, so, yeah, it's just like anything, though. You could do that with sex or gambling or alcohol or a million other different externals, like you were saying. But uh, it's not what you do, it's why you do it. And that's with anything in life, I'm finding. I feel like you could just do it whenever. you. But if you just like fully feel 
Like, am I getting better every day still? Am I sad? Am I okay with this? Mm-hmm. And if you if you are and you're doing it whatever all the time, what if then it's fine? It's just whatever you feel like you're how it feels for you. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. What'd you say? Just that everybody's individual needs are different. You know, I used to always look and be like, there's you know. All my friends are productive stoners, but for me, I wasn't a productive stoner. And now, when I took the break, I can be a productive stoner. Like, mm-hmm. wait, why did I not like smoking weed again? Oh, because I would sit home and play video games all day when I smoke weed. All right, let me just, if I'm smoking weed, let me do something productive. And I've been it's like, true. Mass cleaner of my house when I've been stoned. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm glad I smoked because now my house is super fucking clean. Yeah, it's true. And at the end of the day, like people can always have their own opinion. Like, oh, you're doing, you're smoking so much weed. This is why this is happening. And like this and that. And like, yeah, sure. Maybe they're fucking right. But like at the end of the day, you have to be honest with you. You know what you really want. Like, and that's, that's really personal shit, man. Mm-hmm. Same thing as religion or what you eat or like anything that you put into yourself. Um, not even just physically, you know, yeah. so fanatics totally turn me off. I mean, if there's any extreme of anything, I'm usually turned off by it. I only listen to people that are power. Trump, Trump, <laughs> Trump, I, Trump. I Trump. <laughs> your man, you know, like I'm totally open to him being the savior, you know, and like, I'm just busting balls. It's just like, uh, it's, it's so funny. Cause it's one, like generalized belief system that i just like i'm just cool with like repping maybe i just like to like poke people's buttons that's why i like trump because he is like the ultimate button poker but you don't you don't don't believe in every single thing that he believes in right no absolutely not yeah so i just believe that most people are wrong about things and they hate him so he must be right about something that's That's true (laughs) when they really try to paint a picture of somebody some way it's usually the opposite. Going back mm-hmm. to all theories, it's like whatever they're trying to portray, the opposite is usually true. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, my view on politics is limited to the little I see on Facebook that I, exactly. I, I don't even bother anymore because my conversations come down to, oh, you're talking Republican and Democrat. You notice that they all are for war and all of our money goes to these wars where we're getting other people's shit. And we're taking care of our own. We're fucking 28th in healthcare. We're like fucking 35th in education. We're number one in incarcerations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you can say I'm unpatriotic, but I'm just, just spitting out facts. And I'm fucking happy as fuck to be in the States. So don't get me wrong. Oh. You know, like, I'm as American as there is, you know? Like, I think my ancestors were here in like the early 1700s, you know? Like, I, I don't even really know my European roots. Uh, but, you know, I just want to be real, you know? And like, I'm real with myself, so now I can be real with the world, and that's how I see it. You know, like I'm not getting involved in these super complicated fucking house of and the senators. And like I used to study this shit when I was in my early 20s because I'm like, oh, it's important. I should know it. But really, what's important is to be able to critically think, see where the money is going, see where the money is being used for. And and when it comes down to it, I think we're way too big of a tribe. We need to go yeah. back to tribes, and we know who's in charge, and we have a say. And you know, like. We, we have a tribe. Tribes yeah. fucking work, but our tribe True. is real. We got millions and millions of people that we don't know that run and make decisions, and it's too easy to corrupt that because there's mm-hmm. not uh, you know, accountability and interaction with the people that are making the rules, and there's not enough people that are involved thinking for themselves, and 
Mm-hmm. It's true. I, I like that idea, like the whole like grassroots, like because I've said this before on the podcast too, like uh, like families, the family units destroyed, and that's the first thing. But when families have values that go from generation to generation, families come together in their own neighborhoods. Those are called uh, those are called communities, and then groups of those communities are called a society, and that's like how things are supposed to be. But now people don't even like interact within their communities. Not totally so, but it is true. Like people, I, I remember growing up, like going to my grandmother's house in Queens, and like some guy like tarred her driveway, like like fin- like finangled some shit where he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do your driveway," and like <laughs> screwed her over, tarred the whole fucking driveway, and wanted like a thousand bucks. And she was like, "What? What's going on? I'm old." And like, dude, thirty people up from the fucking neighborhood like came out. They were spazzing. Like, I get there with my dad, and they're all like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like, threw the guy out. He was like, I'm going to call the cops. So I call the fucking cops. Those are our homies. Like, you beat. Like, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, holy shit. Like, you don't see that shit on Long Island. You just see huge hedges and shit. And, like, people don't talk to their neighbors. And it's yeah. not a big thing anymore. But I think it is really important. Yeah. Dude. Um, I read this thing recently. I, for- I always forget where I read it exactly. But it said we're, sp- we're meant to be in groups of, like, 75 at most. Like, the max, like. That's like where that's when like before power people start getting power hungry. It's like around that seventy five mm. number, and then everyone can just live in a community together of that many people or around it, or whatever. And just like, all right, that guy likes farming. He's the farmer. <laughs> he likes fixing stuff. He can be whatever the the the, OG, the uh, what's it called GC general contractor. He just does everything mm-hmm. and. Oh, well, it's he, true, and look, yeah. we have the we have the internet to connect everybody and stuff now today too. Yo, we're getting up on two hours. You want to go for uh, Danny Warwick's gold, Golden Rule? Oh shit! Oh, I didn't even know what time is it. Nice. Oh man. It's like, sorry, I've been in a podcast dimension for the last seven and a half hours. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. All right, yeah, we usually end on someone's way they live by golden rule we said last time if you could say something to everybody the whole world would hear it what would that be danny knowing that you're a divine creation trusting yourself and knowing that your birthrights are to be here and follow your passion and be you Yes, that was the most like thought out one I think we've ever had. Like you took your time, you sat there, you didn't just spit it out, and it was like well thought out, perfect sense. Mm-hmm. That was perfect. But you didn't take too long. You took like just enough time. Yeah, and very concise. Yeah, he, he to the gut before the head gets in there. You know. Yeah, you went That's to you, part, went, man. you went to the ten, ten points from the judges. <laughs> A 10-point sentence here for Danny Warwick out of Long Island. <laughs> Excellent. I'm, yo, Danny, great having you on, bro. I'd love to do it again. Maybe i do a face-to-face next time. You know, I'm out here battling the man. I know my no Joe Rizzo knows the, knows the struggle right now. Yeah, I feel you. Bro, I got my license unsuspended and suspended in the same day. <laughs> what? It's like getting fired on your day off. <laughs> So crazy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
I love what you guys are doing. I definitely want to come check out the studio someday if uh, you guys want to have me back on. I definitely want to hit up some hikes with you, Joe. Oh, for uh, sure, man. We got to get, I got to get your number and we'll talk uh, micro cafe or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, the, the both of you should get to it. We'll take a hike. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We'll keep doing what you guys are doing. Oh, Thank I you. have your number right now, actually. We're in a group yes, text. Got it. All right. Dope. It's All right. in the group chat. It's in the group chat. I forgot about this technology. Uh, All right, Danny. Thanks right, for coming cool. on. All right, guys. Much love. Peace out. Peace Be out from sad. The green homie. Peace out. Peace out, God. Peace. peace out. Let's all keep saying peace out. Yo, peace out. Peace, pieces, Reese's pieces. <laughs> peace out. Cut it. Danny Warwick, Alex Ides. Long day of podcasts, but it was really fun. What? We got Ides. We're not done. We're going to do the recap. We're not done yet. I just, I did a sign off and you got me right before I did. Oh, did I? Oh, shit. I thought we were going to do the recap. Oh, good. I didn't stop streaming. Nice. Oh, cool. Wow. You mean all that is. Again. Yahweh up in the shot. Oh. No, I can't get him anymore. Pac-Man. Fuck. He was a cool dude, man. Yeah, daddy's mad cool. Where do you get all these people, dude? I don't know. I find them. You got to share them. I find them on the streets. I am sharing them. No, I don't. Share more of them. Share more of them. Share your friends with me. Share your friends. Put them on the interweb. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Out. I feel like constantly lately, I'm just meeting like new people that are just like, oh, how can we work together? Sick. And it's just you think like, oh, all right, I like this person, so how can I work with him? And then you just like think of how to do it. So cool! It's like we're making friend jambalaya. Just throw some of your friends in there. Throw some of your other friends in there. You stir them up. <laughs> Add a little salt. Whatever we find in the fridge, we just throw it in there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, now look what we got. So what have we had thus far in this month? We've had the uh, the Matt Blackburns of the world. We've had the the uh, Andrew Lewis Whites the thirds on the, of the world. <laughs> Danny Work the first of the word world. Yeah, you you got some A pluses in you, man. We got some pluses for sure. All of them were Qu- crazy. Quantity, so quality, quantity over quality. <laughs> now, <laughs> none of none of yours have been less than two hours. Yeah, you know. Freaking Kenny Lee was three something, I think. I know. You wouldn't believe my record's actually 40 seconds. <laughs> hey. Kenny Lee would love that joke. Hey, hey now. Yeah, he would have loved that one. That'd be hilarious if someone actually wanted to have sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could just be Kenny Lee back up. Back him should up. I just be Kenny Lee's uh his stand-in. You should like go back and forth with him on stage. Like you guys. You know, like literally what you do, like you set them up, like yeah. you do those and just like. Well, because I just, I just know all his material for the most part. So it's like, <laughs> hey, Kenny, were you are you a Jew and do you play basketball? <laughs> How about the one handed yarmulke pass? Yeah, but that right there is a skit you could do on stage. It is. And then he could go into a real joke. Oh, man. So what happened here tonight? Are we doing the. Uh, the audacity. Uh, oh, the intro. The intro. Beautiful. Um, yes. So today, guys, we had 
Danny Warwick. I was going to say the hitman again. You fucked but... it up. You fucked it up twice. I didn't want to say anything the first time. Danny Warwick. W-A-R-R-I-C-K. Oh, I fucked it up. Why does it come up as... Yeah. Oh, in my phone. It's okay. That no. kid's going to be... This he, is what I did. Already, this is what I... He already has a good file, and when he's lit, it's going to be like you butchered the name Michael Bolton. Good. I hope he... I hope I did because I messed up. I, I wrote it in my phone with a W. I don't know. I think it's just like people like know of that name, so they just say it. Yeah. All right. Danny Warwick. It's all right. I'm offended for him. So Danny no, Warwick. He's he not offended. You think he would never get offended? No. Nah, Danny Warwick. Offended. Yeah. Danny Warwick doesn't get offended by that. <laughs> Everyone knows. All right. <laughs> all right. Today, guys, we had on. I'm going to do the real outro right now. Oh, wait. We're going to take a deep breath. We'll do it together. No, I just remembered we have to end this show and then do the intro. Oh, okay. So give us the sign off. I think you should end it right now. So thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. We had a good old time. A couple friends, Mr. Joe, Mr. Danny, Menage a Trois. Beautiful.